Happy New Year's Eve, good people. Today's episode of The Mourner's Bench includes a few conversations with some of you, our listeners. We are truly grateful to everyone who wrote us and also to those who volunteered to call in and join the year-end altar call extravaganza. This episode was really, really fun to record and to edit. It was so much fun that it ended up being about two hours of content. So here's the deal. Instead of releasing one really long episode that no one will listen to in its entirety, we're going to release this episode in two parts. Part one will be released, well, today, and part two will be released tomorrow as a special bonus New Year's Day edition of The Mourner's Bench. We hope that you'll enjoy both parts. What is up, good people? Welcome back to the Mourner's Bench. I'm Brandon Thomas. I'm KT Riggs. KT! I'm Malcolm David. I'm Pastor Sam. And we are all so glad that we are nearing the end of 2020, the year of the apocalypse, (laughs) and heading into 2021, which for all we know will be just as bad as 2020. Apocalypse 2.0, anyone? Today on the Mourner's Bench, we are celebrating the end of the year. Yes. And we are celebrating the only way we know how, an hour-long altar call. But before we get into that, we want to end this year by expressing gratitude for each and every one of you. We got some really good listeners, don't we? Oh, yeah. We, we have the best listeners. Don't you agree, Katie? I agree. They're the best listeners anywhere. Malcolm? <laughs> You know what? Y'all are so horrible. When we started this podcast back in October, I would say we had no idea what we were doing. I knew what I was doing. Did you? The Lord showed me. What did the Lord say? I'm a, you know, I'm a pastor. (laughs) The Lord talks to me. So what does that have to do with the podcast? Right. Right. Showed me the way. What did the Lord say? That's between me and the Lord. That's why, you know what? <laughs> well, the, good thing we're working as a team. Here. The Lord told me the uh, same as Jonah, get him off the boat. <laughs> I, I can't swim. As we move into the new year, do us a solid. Keep sharing the Mourner's Bench with friends and families who you think would love to join the conversation. The Mourner's Bench community, if you will. One of my favorite things is when I get an email or a Facebook message from someone saying, oh my God, I just found the Mourner's Bench and I love episode I'm going to start at the beginning now. So if you have a favorite episode, if that was your experience, or even if it wasn't your experience and you've been with us from the beginning, go ahead at the end of this year and gift someone with the Mourner's Bench. Send them your favorite episode, um, and we would really appreciate it if you did that. Have we done that many episodes? I think this is like episode 21. I think that's right. Yep. Yeah, so 21 episodes. We can drink now. Drink what? (laughs) You have to be 21 to drink. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't done so already, go online and sign up for the newsletter. We're going to be sending out a survey in the coming weeks asking what you'd like to hear us talk about here on the Mourner's Bench in 2021. Hopefully you've noticed that we are slowly but surely shifting gears and attempting to engage the questions that shape our lives. So one of the first things you'll hear next year is a conversation about climate change, as that was one of the first requests we received from Betsy Albright. From Betsy Albright and... From Betsy. Betsy. From Betsy. In North, in North Carolina. In North Carolina. What's her name, y'all? Betsy. 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 Hey. Like Katie, I see what Shout y'all did there. That was cute. <laughs> we'll also be talking about how we are caring for those who have experienced trauma and major loss in the midst of a pandemic. That conversation came to us from Brandeis, Brandizzle, right here in Georgia. 
Uh, but the best thing to do is to go head to theolabmedia.com and sign up for the monthly newsletter that will start in January. You'll get a survey at the top of the year to provide feedback to the Warner's Bench team on how things are going so far and to share what you'd like to hear in the future. I think that about covers it. So without further ado, let's get into it. I don't know why that was so seductive. I don't know either, but you were you did it and in my head I went, let's get physical. Wow. I also was like peering into Malcolm's eyes. I was going to say the eye contact is what creeped me the hell out. You would just happen to be in my line of sight. Don't take it personal. Why I keep my head down when I'm in the room with Brandon. He tries to make eye contact to seduce you. That's a wise It happens with everyone. Oh my gosh. He doesn't make eye contact with me. Almost everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So, So we're here for an altar call. The time has come and the hour is nigh for us to put some people on the mourner's bench. So y'all, this segment started off as a joke. Like, I think one day Mitch McConnell had done something crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, several days right. Mitch McConnell yeah, did things right. that were crazy. After the 50th time we had mentioned his name, I was like, we need a more creative way to put, to like talk about Mitch McConnell. And I think that's how the altar call emerged in our episodes. And then after the first time, we just kind of did it over and over and over yeah. again. It's so much fun. I was so nervous about it at first, but I got right into it. Should we call it confirmation to make you feel more comfortable? Why were you nervous? I don't like talking about other people. When we the first day we That's did it. That's not true. You talk about other people and me all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. <I> know. <laughs> What's she been saying about me? What does she say about me? It's not recorded so that other people hear it. No, I was um I think the first time we did it, I was like, Well, I'm gonna need to leave myself on the bench because I really can't ever leave the bench, but I'll invite these people to come with me. Now I'm like, oh, you just go. You can have a seat. Right. Yeah, I remember that. He was like, all <laughs> Presbyterian white women come to the bench with me. Right. Everyone come right. to the bench with me. And now you like get your ass on the bench. I mean, I guess the three Baptists at the table, we were all used to the mourners bench and altar call, so it, it felt like it felt perfectly fine to shame people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what Baptists, like it's written in our uh, bylaws. And our, shame. Just, <laughs> Y'all actually have bylaws? They're called articles of faith. <laughs> <laughs> They're called whatever Jerry Falwell said last yes. week. Yes. Yes. Let's get right to it, y'all. Who's on the bench? I really appreciate that more people have been putting Christmas lights on the outside of their house. It looks really pretty. But the thing that I'd like to put on the bench are those people who put those big, huge inflatables in their front yard. And then yes. like they don't even have a theme. Like we got people in our neighborhood who have like a manger and then have the abominable a snowman. snowman. <laughs> and, then, and then they have the Peanuts Christmas. And I love Snoopy, but that is like, it is too much. So you I want re- You didn't read that part of the story. Yeah, that's in Luke's gospel, it's right? All there. The abominable snowman right. and Bigfoot <laughs> right. and the Loch Ness the- monster all went to go see. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Baby Jesus. We got these other people who have all the Star Wars characters, but at least they're consistent. Are they still. Christmas Star Wars characters? Uh, no. They come up at Halloween and stay. You spoke about Christmas like, like it's a new phenomenon. You know, people have been doing that for, uh, <laughs> for quite a while. <laughs> she was too busy uh, writing her Santa Claus letters to, <laughs> to walk around. Do you know, actually, this is tangential, but um, my freshman year in college at our training table, my coach said, you know, y'all need to write a story about Christmas lights and where they began. So I, instead of writing my final papers that year, I wrote a paper about I'm starting <laughs> to notice a trend in your life. Right. <laughs> I okay. thought she was going to say that they created Christmas lights her final year in college or Christmas parties <laughs> in her final year in college. Is that an age joke but again? I, no, I would never make such an insensitive joke about Katie's not. age. So what I was going to say about Christmas lights, I think more 
more people have them up this year. You're correct that they've been around for a while, but I guess because people are at home, more people have them up. I've just noticed more. I'm curious if your neighbor that has the abominable snowman, the manger, and the Star Wars characters is making a theological claim. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Are you sure? Yeah, I doubt it. I think you should go knock on and stand six feet from the door and ask if they're making a theological claim. <laughs> I think they would view that as hostile. So I didn't grow up <laughs> knocking around giving out tracks. So that would be really different for yes. a Presbyterian. Well, I'm not saying that you should evangelize them. It's a simple question. <laughs> you, you don't need to go up there and say, this is completely theologically inaccurate. The Bible snowman was on the right-hand side of the nature. <laughs> That's how all evangelizing starts. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 it's the compassionate conservatism. Are you making a theological claim? If you were to die this evening, do you know <laughs> where your soul starts. is headed? It all starts with a question. You're right. Are you prepared for Jehovah's return? <laughs> that, was a, that was a quote from Friday. If no one uh, remembers it. that movie, I thought. <laughs> Who else is on the bench? Sam, I know this is going to cut a little close to home for you, so I apologize in advance. It, it hurts me too, so I'm I'm right there with you. I I feel the pain in my heart too. I want to put SEC football on the bench. It it pains me to say this. I grew up. A South Carolina Gamecock fan. I still pull for the Gamecocks. I'll pull for the Gamecocks, too. I didn't know they had a football team. I didn't either. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the medical school in South Carolina used to have bumper stickers that said cock doctor on it. I'll see if I can hunt down one of those for you. Get me two. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to put SEC football on the bench. Here's the reason why. In the year 2020, institutions of higher education are struggling financially. Everybody knows that. People are, you know, getting furloughed from their jobs. Professors are getting laid off, budget cuts, all that kind of stuff. In the middle of this pandemic, the University of South Carolina decided to pay their head coach, Will Muschamp, $13.5 million just to get him to not do his job anymore. And then that ain't even the worst one. Auburn, the week after that, fired their head coach, Gus Malzahn, and they paid him $21 million. What? That dude just got paid $21 million to sit on his couch for the next four years. What was his annual salary, though? I think like $6, six million. million. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a lot. So they were paying out his contract, maybe? Exactly. Yeah, basically. basically. So that's, that's the caveat, right? I'm not justifying it, so don't I'm get excited. I'm not justifying it either, but that's the caveat. You can't sign a contract with someone that says you're going to pay them for 12 years a certain salary and then say, no, we're going to let you go early. They did that with slavery. And I'm still telling them that they owe me some damn <laughs> <laughs> 12 years of slave, my and ass. They still owe us some reparations. <laughs> God damn it. Right. <laughs> But why not put South Carolina and Auburn's ass on the bench? Man. Why you got to put my school on the bench? <laughs> it's a system-wide issue, Sam. Just just because y'all won the SEC championship. Right. I, roll Tide, I hear you. I, I hear like you. that. Say that again. I, <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put the whole system on the bench. You put got the whole system on the bench. You got players you know, putting their health, their safety on the line week after week after yep. week, getting paid Nothing. zero dollars. And they should be paid. Nothing. Mm-hmm. They should be paid. Like, why can't they pay them? Um, SEC rules? It's the, not SEC, it's the NCAA, the larger collegiate athletic structure. I know what the NCAA is. Thank you. (laughs) I I thought you may have thought it was a black uh, organization. That's the NAACP. So I just want you to be aware of the difference between the two things. I know what the NAACP is. Don't make me fight you. Oh, I don't like you. So, so I don't assume you know. I'm just trying to be thorough in my My first word, sports edition, NCAA. I, 
I wrestled for five years. <laughs> Y'all are hilarious. But but to um, I think there are a lot of head coaches that actually advocate for the paying of players. That's true. It is the largest stru- structure, like you say. It's a, it's a it's a systemic issue. But the coaches could pay them out of those twenty one million dollar salaries. No, it's no. illegal. It's illegal. No, that's what I'm saying. That's why so many people like, get fired or people go up on charges and everything because they've paid. They're for trying to help students. Their- Some of the coaches actually try to help students. And, and sanctions come down on the school. Right. Coaches are are forbidden to coach uh, again. Players are dismissed. Like there are a lot of repercussions to even trying. And it's not just about payments. Like it can be something as small as trying to assist a player who needs a place to live wow. or who needs a ride. Yeah. And so a coach tries to offer some help. Yep. And that's totally against the NCAA rules. I was just trying to get into sports. I love me a tight end, but I think I'm just going to have to <laughs> let it go. <laughs> different, different. Okay, never mind. That's not what that means. Not that tight end. Not that tight end. <laughs> different position. So, Malcolm, the SEC is on the bench as a whole. Are you going to? Everybody. Everybody. I'm, I'm everybody. putting them all on. Okay. Who else is on the bench? I do want to put Kelly Leffler on the bench because of her somewhat indirect attacks against black culture. Black church. I mean, what and I say saying? somewhat indirect. Um, she's she's attacking. I, mean, I, I know what she's saying. She's saying. But she's I'm trying to figure out why you're saying it somewhat she's a, indirect. She's attacking. It's not. It's not. Well, I say somewhat indirect because she's attacking things like her opponent with who's Raphael Warnock. Yeah. She's attacking his sermon. Some of the things that he said, which are very relevant stances that we take in the black church toward liberation, toward a gospel of liberation, toward black people. Um, being self-determining people toward black people, pushing back against the systems and the structures that have oppressed them. Um, and sometimes those things are controversial. Sometimes those things are hard to digest. You know, uh-huh. they're, they're not easy on the ears. And she's taking his words and using them out of context in her ads that are showing black culture in the black church in a different light than what it was intended. So she needs to be on the bench. Did you know that Kelly Leffler actually appeared in the pulpit at Ebenezer Baptist Church earlier this year? Yes. January of 2020. Oh, I didn't realize it was this year. She went to Ebenezer Baptist Church. Yeah. Was it King Day? With Raphael Warnock. It yeah. was King Day, uh, right? Uh-huh. Which is like white people visitation day mm-hmm. at Ebenezer mm-hmm. Baptist Church. And she said, it is such an honor to be here. What is it, Malcolm? What is it? What's that? It's the white people visitation white day. White people visitation day. It is. It's have, white people visitation day. It is. Have you ever been? Not on King Day. <laughs> okay. I love Malcolm. He went in February. <laughs> but you're right. I, I saw I went, that ad. I went in July, as a matter of fact. You sure it wasn't Juneteenth? <laughs> yeah, it was the 4th. Damn, y'all. Uh, okay. <laughs> You know, I, I give everybody a hard time. I'm going to give everybody a hard time. Let Malcolm finish this statement. But no, I mean, so so Kelly Leffler shows up and she says, it's an honor to be here. She said, to stand in this pulpit, this is a sacred place. That's what she said. She mm-hmm. appeared next to Raphael Warnock mm-hmm. and had the gall to say that when she was in front of that audience. Yep. Mm-hmm. But now when she's trying to get reelected and she's got to appeal to all the Bubba's in I like South the way Georgia. You said that. I, it's true. Why I mean, is he going in? I love the way it's he true. said that. He said that thing All hard. It's tr- I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Uncle Bubba, cousin Bubba. I didn't take no lies. I'm just saying I like how you said it. Ricky Bubba. I just, I mean, <laughs> the hypocrisy is the piece that I don't get about that. Yeah, she's definitely on I this damn bench. She's on the bench, and I love Raphael Warnock's response. I love the way he's taken and made an ad 
out of her appearance in the church. Mm-hmm. That mirrors the ad she's running. That yeah. mirrors the ad she's it. running. And, and it's like highlighting her sitting in the pulpit, highlighting her speaking at the podium and saying that, that she loved to come back. <laughs> that's I love right. it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Put her on the bench and put anybody who's voting for her on the bench as well. There is, if you're voting for Kelly Leffler, the runoff election is happening on January the 30th. <laughs> um, you should hit to the... <laughs> no, see, that's not right. It's, it's January, January 7th. 7th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's get that right. Let's right get that right. It's the 7th. <laughs> but in real life, January the 5th is the Senate runoff election. If you haven't voted early or sent in your mail-in ballot already, just go ahead and plan to go to the polls on January the 5th. If you are in the state of Georgia, it's looking promising. I think some days I'm really hopeful. Some days I'm a little bit discouraged, but I love how they got the two-pronged approach like Joe Biden's on all of John Ossoff's ads and Barack Obama's on all of Raphael's ads. I read an article that was saying essentially the goal is to say if we can get Barack Obama to appeal to all the black folks, they're going to vote Democrat across the ballot. And if we can get Joe Biden to appeal to the moderate white folks who are going to vote for John Ossoff and get them to the polls, then that'll go across the ballot as well. It's so smart. appeal to both demographics. It's smart. Mm-hmm. Like, like don't even tell the white folks about Raphael Warnock. Just it's trust smart. that they're going to have, when they see yeah. the D next to the name, they're going to go for that candidate. So I'm, I'm also putting um, Congress on the bench, both houses, because of the, the stimulus package that they passed a, a couple of weeks ago and how it really, in my own opinion, doesn't have the teeth that it needs to help struggling people at this particular time in the country. And so, so yeah, I think it was a stopgap measure. It was something that they felt like they needed to do to, to show that they're working at all. Yeah. And I'm putting both of them on the bench because it's, it, it falls way short. We lost some really good people this year. Mm-hmm. I think both directly related to COVID-19 and unrelated to COVID-19. Pre-COVID-19, we lost Kobe Bryant and Gianna, Kobe's daughter. And I think that should have been the omen that 2020 was going to be mm-hmm. complete and total shit. But I didn't want to believe that. And then they killed Mr. Peanut as well that was one that time. Was that pre-COVID? That wasn't pre-COVID. They did. That was during COVID. Didn't you say he was like... He was. It was a fake death. Not Agent Mr. Peanut. Zero. I'm talking about Kobe and Gianna. Wasn't that during COVID? No, that was January. Kobe died in January. I think January 26th. This year has been about a decade long. Yeah, that feels like it, it was does. a year ago. That was this year. So, I mean, Kobe passed away and Gianna. RBG, may she have forever rest in peace, passed away. Um, and I'm not trying to end on a sour note or a sad note. We have a lot of listener calls on the way. I think it's just worth noting that so many great humans, Chadwick Boseman passed away, John Lewis passed away, C.T. Vivian passed away. So it's so been, many. Uh, so the Grim Reaper. None of the people that I wanted to die back. <laughs> None of them. <laughs> may, may all their souls rest in peace. <laughs> Well, uh, still I have 2021. <laughs> <laughs> the Mourner's Bench is brought to you by Theolab Media, a podcast network and media collective committed to connecting unlikely conversation partners for candid dialogues about faith, spirituality, and culture. Do you have an idea for a podcast? Have you been itching to brainstorm or execute a fun video idea? Theolab Media would love to partner with you on your next media project. Send an email to what's up at the theolab.com to begin a conversation. You can also visit theolabmedia.com and fill out the contact form to connect with us. We hope to hear from you soon. Let's work together. All right, let's get back into it. 
All right, y'all. It's time for our first call. Let's see if they answer. Hello. Hey, is this Natalie? Yes, it is. Hey, Natalie. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? We're doing all right. Where, where are we calling you? Where are you today? I am in Lakeland, Florida. Lakeland, mm-hmm. Florida. Uh, do we have like a little like pod of mourner's bench people in Lakeland? <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that you do. Good. You're, you're like the mourner's bench evangelist in Lakeland. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading that good news. I am. Hold on. I'm being attacked by my dog. Okay. She left. We love dogs. What kind of dog do you have? I have a Labrador retriever. Yes, she so is. Hi, Natalie. No way. She is a chocolate <gasps> oh. brown. She's got she's got the largest paws of any dog I've oh, ever yes. seen, and yes. um, she's the best, but also sometimes the worst. How old is she? <laughs> she is. Let's see, two and a half. Okay, mine is only ten months. I still have a pup. They're oh still, my goodness! <laughs> There's still pups at two and a half, though. Yeah, Labs. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say you've got a ways to go, and even then, yeah, <laughs> she's still got so much puppy energy. What's her name? Her name is Luna. Luna. Luna Ray, Luna Ray the Labrador Retriever. <laughs> does she have an Instagram? Because my dog can follow your dog. <laughs> <laughs> she does not have an Instagram. I don't even post on my own Instagram, so I feel like it would be hard to keep up with one for her. That's fair. That's fair. How have you been faring during COVID-19? You know, I would say given the situation relatively well, it's been an interesting time in life. Uh, I left my job in January. I was working at a church and I had been there since we moved here in 2018. And after just a series of unfortunate events, (laughs) I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I quit and I left in the middle of January and um, had hoped to be working again within the next six months, but intentionally taking some time off. Mm -hmm. Um, And that six months has turned into almost a year. So yeah, yeah, it's been really interesting um, to try to figure out what life is in this new world (laughs) and to also figure out like, what do I even do in it? And I'm also high risk for COVID and knowing that like finding a job right now is not really an option um, and that people aren't hiring. And so trying to learn to be okay with the in-between space that I'm in right now. Was your desire to go back into like another church setting or were you pretty much done with the church after you finished that? Me and the church have a complicated relationship. (laughs) Tell me um, about it. Which I know that, Uh, from listening to you all, you all do as well. So I never thought I would work in a church at all. And then we moved and things were crazy and I felt like I needed to have a job. So there was one open at one of the biggest churches in town in youth ministry, which is something that I focused on in seminary. And so I just kind of went for it. And so then I worked in a church and I was like, wow, this feels like pretty solid confirmation that this is not for me. Mm. (laughs) But I still haven't ruled it out as a possibility I just don't know that it's a possibility right now. I think there needs to be some space. And also my husband is a pastor. So yeah, I, I'm very much entrenched in church, even if it's kind of against my will. <laughs> and Ian's going through the ordination process in the Methodist church. And there are ways in which I have become more involved at a district and a conference level mm-hmm. in the Methodist church. But I don't know that local church 
is for me. Other than the fact that Ian and I run like a, a fresh expression, which is like a house church kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We do it in a bar and it's called Pints and Parables and we don't always take parables from the Bible. They're parables <laughs> yeah, from that's lots of other places. So in Fresh Expressions language, we're called community architects. So we're doing that right now. But I think that's the closest to church I will get <laughs> myself yeah. for a little while. You're probably closer to church than most people in church. That's right. So nowhere. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that... I would agree with that. Our first meeting we ever had, we met in a bar in here, like here in downtown Lakeland. And it was a group of misfits and people who had felt like the church had betrayed them. And I was like, you are my people. Same. (laughs) And at the end, one of the people who attended said, this gathering is the most church that I have felt in a long time. And we didn't do a lot of churchy things that day. (laughs) We, We did a lot of talking about the ways that the church has hurt us and we we dropped a lot of f-bombs and that's um, my favorite bomb mm-hmm. me the, too that's my only it is one of my favorite words um so yeah it just and it felt more real and more community oriented and more like we were sharing life together than any expression of church that i had been in in a long time I feel like we need to schedule a follow-up with you and talk about Pints and Parables a little more. This may be like my kind of church. Yeah, it's been really, it's been a really good way for us to meet people um, because we moved here and like Lakeland has an older population and Ian and I are in our late 20s. And Ian and I both come from, we were introduced to the Methodist Church from a fresh expression in our college town. So we were a lot more comfortable, both of us in non-traditional expressions of church and we just didn't see that happening here. And so we started to wonder like, where are the people like us? And we have a Hillsong church in town also, which is very large as you can imagine. So we were like, where are the people like us going to church? Because they're not going to First Presbyterian or First Methodist, which are these big traditional white steeple churches that have thousands of members. And they're not going to Hillsong because theologically that's not where we are. So where are the people like us? who are struggling with where they find their place in church, but are still wanting a community of faith. And we found them. There's not very many of us, but there's a solid crew and we do life together. I mean, we've really become people who do life together. So we get on Zoom and we talk about the real things that are happening in our lives and not, I don't know, football or (laughs) whatever else people talk about when they go to church that's not actually like what's really affecting them in their real life. I'm grateful for the work y'all are doing on the side and now remotely. Maybe you can send us a Zoom link and we might like sneak in one day. Yeah, we actually do it on Facebook Rooms. So it's a Facebook event and that makes it really easy. I may be like officially be an old person. I have no idea what Facebook Rooms is. You are, you are. You are. Me and Katie. <laughs> yep. Hey, I know what they are. Though. Yeah, she knows. We want to honor your time. I know that you may have to go in like five minutes, but do you want to do a little altar call? Tell us who you're putting on the bench this year. Sure. So I am putting diet culture on the bench. Okay, come mm-hmm. through. <laughs> For 2021. And in a more loving way, I'm placing people who might be wanting to start a diet on January 1st on the bench. Mm-hmm. So in this time, something that I've really been unlearning is where my ideas about my body and food came from. And 
what I've learned is that diet culture is rooted in white supremacy and misogyny and patriarchy. And I'm just tired of it. And I think that we should all be tired of it. And all these weight loss programs were created by white men whose ideal form of beauty is white thin women. And I just think that's something that we don't need to bring into 2021. Mm. So I'm placing the men who have created diet culture, diet culture itself, um, on the bench for preaching um, a false gospel Mm. about where our worth comes from. And for those of us or anybody who wants to start a diet um, on January 1st or has been saying they're starting a diet on on January 1st, 2021, I invite them to come down to the bench also for us to, to share the real gospel about our value and beauty and sense of self and that they're not connected to a number on a scale or the diets that we think we need to be on to to fix our bodies because our bodies are not broken. Oh, when I tell you that may be the altar call of the year, my... <laughs> I, I do not feel the Holy Ghost that often. I was about to start shouting. When he's drinking. Mm. When he's drinking. That's the only time he feels the spirit. Sam Natalie, <laughs> Sam Natalie just invited Joe Juice and ass to the bench. I'm not, I'm not, juicing, for, I'm not juicing for dying. You juicing for Jesus. <laughs> it's lawnmower clipping. I'm juicing for Jesus. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for taking some time to talk Thanks, to us. And thank Natalie. you so much for listening. And let's, let's stay connected. I want to hear more about Pints and Parables. Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take care, Nat. Thanks. You too. Bye. 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 Well, that went well. How do we beat that? Let's just end the episode. The episode is Natalie. (laughs) Natalie bringing some truth there. I appreciated that. Hello? Hey, is this Dallas? This is. Hey, Dallas. This is KT calling you from the Mourner's Bench. Hi, KT. (laughs) We've got Brandon (laughs) Thomas and Malcolm David and Pastor Sam here. What's up, Dallas? Hey, Dallas. Hi, Brandon and friends. Oh, my goodness. Dallas, where are you calling from? I am in Gainesville, Georgia, getting ready to go to work in the hospital. Yeah. Tell us what you do. So I am a hospital chaplain, um, and I am at a small community hospital that has about uh, 200, 250 beds, and I am their solo chaplain. You're the solo chaplain there. Wow. Alice, you got a yeah. big job. Well, how has that been in the midst of COVID-19? Uh, well, <laughs> so Glennon Doyle has this um, amazing word that she has coined uh, in a lot of her writing, and it's a combination of beautiful and brutal, and that word is brutal. And I feel like um, that's how every shift feels because it's the hardest thing I've ever done. These nurses and respiratory therapists and EVS workers, everyone there is working harder than they ever have before. We're watching people die on the regular. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're holding up families who cannot be in the room. Mm -hmm. We're supporting people who are just surrounded by death and hardship. But there's a lot of love among the staff. There's a lot of love and compassion for each other for these families, for their patients. They're working harder than ever and they're loving harder than ever. Mm. uh, And it makes them exhausted. So part of my job, in addition to caring for the patients and the families, is to care for the staff who is just physically, spiritually, emotionally wiped down to zero. Well, Dallas, who's taking care of you? (laughs) Well, me. And um, (laughs) I'm a resident chaplain. (laughs) Taking care of myself some days. I'm a resident chaplain, and so there are five of us total in our group, and it's a very beautiful holding space, and we do take care of each other. They're at another campus than the one that I am uh, working, and we text each other, did you have lunch? 
Mm-hmm. We text each other, do you need something when we have our class meetings? We remind each other, this sounds like tertiary trauma. Have you mm-hmm. taken a day off? Dallas saying, you got to break that down for us. T- t- I mean, tell us about tertiary trauma. So um, if a person comes into the hospital and they are physically injured, they have a, um, a primary trauma. Their family members um, and their uh, staff members have a secondary trauma because they're watching someone they love or someone they're caring for um, experience trauma. So they have secondary trauma. When I come in to care for the staff and the families, sometimes I pick up tertiary trauma where I am watching what they experience and I carry that home with me. So a lot of us have had some really rough cases this year with patients that were just stories that hit really close to home. Um, there's a lot of counter-transference that's happening there where we see ourselves in that situation, a lot of that could be me, that could be my person, and that hurts our hearts. And as chaplains, we take that home with us too, just like the nurses do, just like the doctors do. Um, and so we have to remind ourselves um, that what we do is not without risk. Um, and so we have to look out for ourselves and for each other and recognize the signs of those traumas because it looks a little different from each level. So we just have to make sure we're when we're talking to each other about what we've seen, that we're, we're listening for those for each other. I'm glad that you're looking out for each other. Are you doing anything fun? I'm baking like crazy. Yes. What are you baking? What's your favorite thing to bake? So right now it's gingerbread cookies because the dough is very velvety and rolling out that dough is so satisfying. And I have a chef friend who says that gingerbread is the sexiest dough to roll. What? And he is not wrong. Like, mm, it is good. Dough. Roll it. I'm telling you that's all you need after a long day I carry my tension in my shoulders and rolling out cookie dough is one of the um, best like mind body and spirit exercises so I just baked like 200 gingerbread cookies last weekend Dallas are you can you send us like a sample listen I will ship some down do not even worry I will ship you some. Well, Dallas, I know that you're headed out to work to do all this good work that you're doing right now. I'm wondering, though, before you go, who have you got for our bench for this end of year? Oh, Lord. Okay, well, um, as a two-time bench sitter, I am someone who's already been on the bench. Um, I am a Presbyterian white woman, so I know I have a spot there. And I will sit there gladly because I know there are things for which I must repent as a Presbyterian white woman. Uh, And so I'll own that one. And I'm also on the bench because I posted a picture of my Thanksgiving plate. Um, Now, that one I might debate with Brandon later, but I will not debate that here. But um, So I'm a two-time bench sitter, so I feel like... um, I'm in a good spot to welcome some folks to join me on the bench. (laughs) Um, And so here's specifically who I would invite to come and take a big old seat. Um, So recently, the Time Magazine came out with Person of the Year. It was Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, which I love and I support and I'm excited about. But then I have some people in my life who um, on Facebook have been sharing an edited version of that. Uh, which I can understand uh, when President Trump made uh, 
Time magazine in 2016. I think I shared an edited version of that. So I understand <laughs> the, the impulse to edit. And I have friends who are firefighters who posted a, a, an image of firefighters on the cover saying, this is the real person of the year. I get that. If I was a teacher right now, still like I used to be, I would probably put a teacher on there and say, no, this is person of the year. So that I understand. But I have people in my life who are posting Time Magazine person of the year with nurses on the cover. Now, as someone who professionally supports nurses and cares for and works with nurses, I love that, right? That seems beautiful to me. However, the people who are posting it are posting that image with a headline that says something like, there, fixed it for you. And these are people who are refusing to wear masks. Mm. They are gathering in large groups uh, inside, unmasked, no social distancing, These are the same people who say, I don't live in fear. I trust the Lord Jesus is going to protect me from coronavirus. As someone who has watched Christians die from that, I beg to differ. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are just flouting every single reasonable request to keep themselves and their community safe. When I see them post that, all I can think is, how dare you? Mm. Who do you think you are? What level of hypocrisy is that? It is a slap in the face to every medical worker for you to post an image that says, fixed it for you, Mm. knowing that you are the reason Mm. so many people are in our hospital. We are treating people in the emergency room parking lot because we don't have enough beds in order to house them in our building. Our ICUs are full and we have canceled surgeries to put critical care and ICU patients in our post-surgery units. Wow. It's because of people who refuse to abide by some regulations, who will not wear a mask in public, who politicize a virus that is killing family members by far too many. They are the reason that our hospitals are so full. So how dare you post an image like that, that is the top level of hypocrisy to me. And I would invite them to come and take a minute and sit on the bench. Honey, you read them for filth. It just, it makes me mad. (sighs) As it should, it makes us mad alongside Mm -hmm. you. But what you need to know is that uh, we are here with you and for you. We're grateful for the work that you are doing as a first responder. Absolutely. Um, You're on the front lines of this thing and you see it in ways that most of us don't have the opportunity to. So we're grateful for you and all that you do in the world and the good cookies you bake, and we will patiently <laughs> await gingerbread cookies. Yes. Mm-hmm. 200. Yes. I, you will await those as I await the vaccine. I am super excited. Oh, do you get the um, vaccine? Are you? Do you get it like I soon? get the vaccine. Oh, wow. I get it. I don't know. I don't have my email yet, but I, I'll keep refreshing my email. Like That's going to make it happen faster. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, there's some good waiting to be had right now yeah. uh, in the midst of all the hardships. So I think gingerbread and good vaccines. Um, are part of that. Well, you'll have to call us back when you you. get the vaccine because we want to hear how that goes. I'm sure that listeners will be curious how that goes. Yeah, that would be great. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Dallas, well, have have a good day at work. We'll be thinking about you. Thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. Thank you. And I want to tell y'all that um, I introduced our resident group to the Mourner's Bench podcast. And I actually played... Um, I played help my best friend is gay for our resident group. (laughs) Um, Oh, my gosh. Because the questions... The questions that Brandon asked at the very beginning of the episode feel to me like questions that even if we don't ask them directly to people, they need to be forming the way we provide care. 
And uh, we have a wide variety of, of chaplains in that group from different um, denominations and even different spiritual traditions. And it was a really lovely time to share that podcast together. And it generated beautiful conversation. And now I will say that they're all following the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Excellent. Well, shout out to your resident group and thank y'all for listening. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we'll talk to some of the residents soon, we hope. Uh, send us an email, folks. <laughs> all right. Take care, Well, thank Dallas. y'all so much. Thank you. Right, bye. Hello, this is Kat. Hey, Kat, this is Pastor Sam calling you from the Mourner's Bench. How are you? Are you on the bench right now? I'm not. I'm not <laughs> on the bench. Sam's always on the bench. I'm not on the bench. Actually, Sam is on the but bench I'm, right I'm, now. I'm, I'm, yeah, Sam better be on the bench. I'm facilitating the bench today. So I've got I've got Brandon with me. I've got KT. I've got David Malcolm with me. We're all here. AKA. Fucking Yeah. <laughs> Kat, thank you so much for that word of encouragement. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, we have a little at my office. We call you M F M F M. I love it. F M. Because you can't walk like around that. yelling "fucking Malcolm" at work, can you? <laughs> I can't. No, so, not most of the time. Cat, tell me where you're calling from. I am in Raleigh, North Carolina. Woo-hoo. What do you do? Uh, I am uh, working at Office of Spiritual Care at one of our hospitals. Talk to us a little bit about the work you do in spiritual care at the hospital. And how's that been during this time of COVID? Well, I say this all the time. It's the most impossible, demanding, rewarding, life-giving work I've ever done. I've been in parish ministry a long time. And where I am now, I leave 95% of the days knowing I made a big-ass damn difference for someone, which is huge. My regular floors are all of the babies and kids floors and so to be able to sit with parents and hold their babies and love on their babies and grieve with them and uh and watch kids get healthier like what could be better especially i mean i didn't do this pre-pandemic but sometimes i sit with one parent because the other parent can't be there Mm -hmm. right so i get to sort of fill in and um just try to figure out how to be present for folks who are sad and worried and lonely and in a damn pandemic. How do you care for and love yourself during this time? Are you like talking to my supervisor on the other phone? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh my God. Well, you know, here's the best part of it for me is we're on a team, right? So when I go home, I go home and someone else is caring for those babies and those kids and those families. So when I go home, I can um, be with my puppy and hang with my mom and talk to the people I love and like read stuff for fun. Um, and sometimes I just show up in the office and I say, this job sucks. Mm. And we cry about what's hard and then we laugh our asses off at what's good. So this has been a crazy year. We've all agreed about that. It's been a shitty year. It's been a a crazy shitty year. year. Uh, and we, we, we've all talked about that. I think all of us have been on the bench at some point are still on the bench. I want to hear uh, about who you want to put on the bench. Who is on the bench for cat? Oh God. So many freaking people. Like you guys <laughs> asked who we should put on the bench. I was like, I can write a freaking PhD thesis Tell on us all of them. I think you did. I think you, I think you actually did. I had to download it in sections because there were so many people. Oh, <laughs> Oh, you guys suck. So here's the first group of people. I love our listeners. <laughs> you guys suck. The first people going on the damn bench, and this is going to offend probably you guys, are all the people who are making like multiple takes of worship. 
it's bullshit. So remind me, pre-pandemic, go way back to then and think about worship. <laughs> what did we do when a worship leader misspoke or stumbled over the words of a hymnal smashed on the organ or like if a child laughed because old people were crinkling wrapping paper, right? Or or if like your preacher started coughing and like, what did we do? We freaking went with it. <laughs> See, but, but wait a minute. <laughs> but wait a minute, Kat. You don't, you, you've never done worship with me. I will Kat, make somebody start so over. basically Brandon is on the bench. <laughs> I know. Well, that, well, so get your ass on the bench. <laughs> Dang it! I thought I was gonna stay off the I bench. Mean, I'm just saying, hiccups happen. Like liturgy is called the work of the people, not the work of like perfectionism. Yes. So, like, thank you, Kat. I mean, what the hell? Like, you know, we mispronounce things. No one knows how to say all the words in the prophets. Like, we missed Psalm 23 when we recited. At least you I right. did. You right. And like, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Liturgy is not about perfection. Like, we're worshiping God, not freaking perfection. So all these assholes who do multiple things of worship over and over. You can't see me. I'm, point, I'm pointing at Brandon. I'm like, come on, clergy, get over your damn egos and be a freaking human. <laughs> Sam is literally dancing in his seat right now, pointing at Brandon. I mean, so I just think oh I don't value perfection. It's excellence, and I'm still on sabbatical. She's not talking about me. Brandon, I am talking about you. Oh, damn. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so I much. I think like, and stop. We're going to re-sing that chorus because that's... Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That is Brandon to the T. This is good. All right. Here's the next group. All of the... Oh, God. I use the F-bomb a lot with this one because it pisses me it. off. This has pissed me it. off for like 20 years. Fucking 24-day advent calendars. You know what? Advent <laughs> is never 24 days. Never. Never, ever. Open your damn little bourbon, open your damn little chocolate, open your damn little wine, but call it a fucking Christmas countdown. <laughs> it's advent calendar. I mean, I could understand stale chocolate if they were using last year's advent calendar and they actually did it from advent, but no, no, no. This is what a mourner's bench is supposed to sound like. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Oh, yes. you big, you big man. Yes. Let's start an Etsy shop. A fuel at me an Etsy shop with an appropriate advent calendar. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Can we call it a fucking advent calendar with 24 days on it? Yes, we'll call it the fucking advent calendar and it'll be like a limited release, only one edition, and it goes to cat. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, and if you have like mini bourbon bottles, it'd be great, Brandon. <laughs> I got you. Do you like Whitford? <laughs> do you, do you, do you yeah, want an assortment? I, I would actually, I'd like all different assortments because it's like all the different days of Advent. Like, step up your game. Me and Malcolm got you. We're going to have a bourbon of month. Yeah, we we'll got you covered, Oh, my God. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Field Labs bourbon of month. So we thank you, Kat. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, right, bye, Kat. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Hello. What is that noise? I'm on two uh, calls, but I've got you now. Is that better? <laughs> is that what y'all call multitasking? I don't know what you call it. <laughs> so, for all you listeners, this is my mother, Victoria Denise Barbour Maxwell. Hi, mother. Get it, get it right. Hey, get it right. Hi, <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Praise God. Praise. So, I mean, I thought that you were getting more tech savvy. You cannot be that uh, senior citizen who is out here running two devices at the same time. 
Well, I just did it, but I just didn't yeah. turn it down. You're telling. <laughs> well, how you doing today, mother? Blessed and highly favored. Thank hey, you, son. Hallelujah. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored as well. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know one of y'all got Jesus. <laughs> and, that's, and that's mama. I got it through my mama. Okay. Okay. Oh, Lord. Mama, how are you doing? So you sent you sent me a picture the other day of you getting the COVID-19 shot, the what? vaccine. Oh, wow. What? How was that? It was okay. It was okay. It was. Uh, I'm just scared of needles, and I just... This froze up, but it was good. It was good. I immediately got the headache that everyone said you get afterwards. I mm-hmm. immediately got that. And um, my arm was a little sore, but I took my two Tylenol and it was okay. I, I feel great. Okay. I was very scared, but my good mentor friend, nurse friend, um, con- uh, she got COVID. And her um, plea to me kind of made me go ahead and step on up and do it. And I, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I you did as well. I'm so, glad. So, you were, yeah. so you weren't going to do it at first? I, I didn't want to do the Pfizer. You wanted the Dolly Parton, Dolly Parton. Vi- vaccine? <laughs> right. Well, whatever. <laughs> Maybe I can grow some breasts. Oh, excuse me. Excuse <laughs> 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 sorry. Some more people on the line. <laughs> we all can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel about that part of my body, Brandon. But okay, let's go. You gotta love your body. You heard, you heard that whole episode, honey. Oh yes, I heard that one. <laughs> you gotta go stand naked in the mirror, honey. Stand in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love your mom. She is a bottle of life. <laughs> so you took it. So you have to. So you have to get a second shot now, don't you? I do. I do have to get the second shot. And I'm yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, so you're a living yeah. testimony. So what would you say to other people who are scared to take the vaccine, who refuse to take the vaccine, and who just don't want to do it? Because I mean, I'm sort of in that camp, mom. You know, I'm skeptical. I'm like, I'm not taking it until all the white people take it and they don't die. <laughs> oh my God, so here you go again. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say to people? Jesus. What would you say to people who are scared to take it? I would say that after prayer, um, and after listening to a group of doctors, one lady who is, you know, borderline, not so, so religious, say that um, if you look at the men who, if they was given out a free Viagra shot, they mm-hmm. would not question what it would do to their body. They would just worry about getting their heart on. Oh. And I did say that. Get and I him. said... Get them, honey. <laughs> I said, doctor, can we say something else other than hardo? And she said, <laughs> she said, um, well, what would you say, Sister Vicky? And I said, well, can we say men that will worry about getting their freak on? Okay. Is that better so, than hard on? <laughs> Why is freak on better than hard on? <laughs> freak on sounds a little bit better. <laughs> and I said, so you look at something that's going to save your life maybe versus getting your freak on look at the mind of a man so you just got to do what you want to do so I don't know how you if a man wanted to get a freak on the deciding factor was male erections erectile dysfunction it did it 
This is but definitely the- a Cialis commercial. Uh, <laughs> the Mourners <laughs> bitch is brought to you by Cialis. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, those little pills cost five to ten dollars for one. And, you- and they co- and they go get them every week. <laughs> one pill. But this one is free. Okay. I don't know where you're going with this, but we're gonna keep letting you. We're gonna just follow you wherever you go. You all are asking me the questions, and you know how I am. So I'm <laughs> well, mom, I don't want to interrupt whatever else you were listening to since we're on your time. Um, who are you putting on the morning's bench? And you bet not say nothing about me. Please put your son Please on, put the, him on the bench. Please put your son um, on the bench. I am going to indirectly put you on the morning bench. But <laughs> I would like to put on the morning's bench. This is not an actual person, but it is a person. I would like to put Mr. Cussing profanity oh. himself on the freaking morning's bench. That wasn't an indirect way to put Brandon on there. That's fairly direct. But the problem is all of us are on there. All of you swear. But, but I haven't heard um, I, is it Marcus? Malcolm. You, he can be Malcolm. Marcus. You know his, ma- his name is fucking Malcolm. Listen. No, it's not Elton. <laughs> yes, but he, he definitely swears, Mom. Malcolm, tell her that you Malcolm, swear, Mom. Malcolm he swears. Does not swear. Maybe I, worse Malcolm, than Brandon. Mama, I'm with you. I I find swearing to be just morally correct. So so, Mom, tell me, do you tell me what you dislike more, cussing or lying? <laughs> I think I like uh, lying. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Miss Vicky and I got together yeah. before she called in. We on the same page. <laughs> All right. Well, Mama. Reason, huh? Okay. Oh, oh you still going? Why? Why? Te- can I tell you why I'm yes. putting Mr. Uh, cussing on the bench? Tell me. Tell me why you're freaking putting on the bench. I am putting him on the bench. Did you hear Pastor Sam? Pastor Sam just said, "Put his ass on the bench." Pastor Sam, I love you. I love you. I love you too, Miss Vicky. Casey, I absolutely love you. Thank you. Thank um, you. So, thank y'all so much. Baby. You didn't tell Malcolm you love him. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like lying either. <laughs> Do you love me? Do you love me? Baby, we ain't even got to go. There ain't enough time to be on this phone to tell you how much Aww. I love you. Oh, no melted my there it is. But you got to tell us why you putting cussing on the bench. You was gonna I'm putting cussing on the bench because... You know, when a parent, I'm representing all the mothers, all the Christians, all the judgmental people. That, uh, you represented uh, my mother. I hear this every day about. I am putting because when a when a mother sends a child out to college, and you know, you know, they can say more words, but they go back. To that darn cussing, <laughs> and I just, I just can't fathom it. But I'm just like, why, 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 why? why? Would it and be it better a, if I cussed in German? Ch- <laughs> yes. Yeah. Say yeah. a cuss word in German. That's Say that's one in German. Well, they, well, they cuss in that's English. <laughs> the first cuss word I heard in Germany was "fuck." <laughs> oh no, it's not. <laughs> well, mother, please, you know, you know, I always, do, you know, I right. always tell you. I'm never gonna. I respect your decision not to cuss, and I'm never gonna force you to. I just want you to respect my cussing. I'm t- I'm representing, and this is my time. I'm representing all the women. 
Come on, Maxine Walls <laughs> Waters. Reclaim your time. So, so Mr. Cussing uh, has uh, he has the power. So I'm going to just say I'm putting him on the mourners bench. And in my day and time, we would sing a song, and I know Pastor Sam knows what I'm talking come about. Come on, come we on. We would just say I'm putting Mr. Cussing on the mourners bench. Then we would sing it out. Yeah. Why are we in a primitive Baptist church right now? <laughs> you keep saying Mr. Cussing, but I was raised by a single mama who cussed. She don't watch the this bitch. And she's saying, now she's a minister. She is saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, five baptized. Oh, but when she get mad, when her, when, when my stepdaddy get on that last nerve, she still say a couple of words. And so I actually think cussing is a woman. You keep saying Mr. Cussing. No man. Cussing is a miss. Let me see. How can I, how do we do that in our field? We just say uh well, the cusses, the, the cussers, the, the cussers. The, the cussers, the cussers. And, and and Mr. Sam, I can go there. I can go from zero to Mama don't, Mama, don't call this man Mr. Sam. He's just call <laughs> this man Sam. Sam. Oh, you can call him whatever you want to. I, I'm not gonna call him F and Sam like you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't call him that. Very I call your son is very disrespectful. Malcolm he calls asked me Malcolm, everything but a child of God. Malcolm <laughs> asked us to call him fucking Malcolm. <laughs> that, no, that's a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> it was all Brandon. But I'm gonna put him on the morning's bench, and that's all I got to say. I love you all. We love you too, Miss Vicky. Miss Vicky, thank you. Okay, and that's all I got. All right, Mama, I love you, Vicky. Thank you for participating. Love, peace. Bye, 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 Miss Vicky. We'll talk to you later. Later. Goodbye. Goodbye. That's a wrap on today's episode. That went really well, didn't it? It went super well. I, I, man, we got some great folks listening. We absolutely do. We got to keep that thing up. So if you enjoyed today's episode and you've enjoyed what you've heard in 2020, go ahead and hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that follow button. If you happen to be listening in Apple Podcasts, go ahead and rate and review us. We would really appreciate it. Um, Happy New Year's Eve, folks. We'll be back in 2021. Sign up for the newsletter. Visit theolabmedia.com. Let's make it happen. Stay safe out there. No New Year's Eve parties. What about watch night services? You can't do that either. What? Jesus will protect us. Sam. The vaccine is the mark of the beast. <laughs> Get off my line. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>